We're not wizards, as you can probably tell. We can't can and we can't cast spells. We just live our lives in a Monday normal everyday way. And I think we do it rather well. On this episode, Richard Simpson will speak to a game designer who happens to be working on a game with the longest ever It's pretty hard singing, kind of, um, yeah, with all the lag. It doesn't matter, it's fine. It's all good. Anyway, so, yeah, that's us started. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. And I'm Bez. Yay, Bez is back. It's back. Woo! Give me a B to the E to the Z to the C to the A to the <laughs> S to the T. It's Bezcast. Part <laughs> two. Or part two. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Um, I was kind of thinking the other day because I was, well, actually, I was listening to the original today in preparation. What are you? Um, and I was thinking we could do like a previously on War Not Wizards. We could do that. Bess was on We Are Not Wizards <laughs> and talks about the w- game she was making, and now she's going to talk more on We Are Not Wizards. <laughs> exactly. But- and then it's a bit like, join us after the break, when after these messages, when we come back with more Bez discussing <laughs> her fabulous game with the longest name in the world. But anyway, how are you well? Are you good? Are you, you've been busy. You've been busy doing yes. stuff as always. I am, as always, I am as I usually am, excited for the future. Mm-hmm. I um, will not say that I have no complaints. There are certainly things that I could complain against about things that I could say, oh, I wish that went better. Mm-hmm. But let's not dwell on those things. Let's not let's, dwell on those things at all. Let's yeah, not dwell. let's dwell on the moments and the fantastic things that we have going on. <laughs> it's so upbeat. It's so good to have you on. I mean, I think um, of all the guests that we've had on previously, I think you always garner the kind of the most attention and interest because of your generally <laughs> upbeat, high spirit. But I guess... We should say hello to the people that haven't listened to us before, Bez. So say hello, Bez. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> and this, are you going to tell them why you do this? Yeah, I mean, the reason... Why why do we do this, Bez? Well, you claim it's because there's not enough podcasts about board games. That's right. And you've searched and you've searched, but you can't find any. That's it. And the other reason that we do this is because, you know... <laughs> You can have Bez on your podcast once, but you got to get her on your podcast again, otherwise you're just not doing things right. So that's why <laughs> we asked her on again, which is fantastic. Um, as per last time, Bez has decided to do show notes, and she's also made me sing the theme tune, which um, um, I've we'll got We'll see how that goes when you oh, we'll just... all together. <laughs> we'll just... I was not expecting you to put it, like, put the backing of the music onto it last time, and it's you know fantastically cringeworthy and it's fantastic. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> you did a good job there. It was. Um, you've written out show notes. Well, you've done a fantastic job in these show notes. Um, shall we? Because you're pretty much yeah, taking we should, over. Yeah, because let's... you're a busy person. You've got to get off in an hour. So you know we could blather on. Um, oh, we could just blather on. But we could, first of all, things have to be talked about that have not been talked about very much before and um let's talk about the first topic which is 
some, some great... great things about Monopoly. So this is not just me saying, okay, Monopoly is good because hmm. you play it, your parents play it. But, you know, people don't give Monopoly the credits it deserves. Because I'm not saying Monopoly is a great game, but it's not terrible. So the first I... thing yeah. I want to say is look at the surrealism. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it's like a 70s acid trip. I mean, you've got these dogs, the irons, they're going around. What's going on? I mean, you've the got I- this little top the, hat. I mean, the picture the of top- the jailer, the picture of the jailer at the side, side on, pointing the <laughs> finger, saying, go to jail in some kind of Banksy type mural. Go to jail. Go to jail. The spaces, the writing, everything is so... <clears throat> it's not like nowadays where they kind of redesign it and you get graphical upgrades to Monopoly in every town and city and in the entire of the UK, if not the world, has got their own version of Monopoly. That was back in the day where you had the, the really, really simple but elegant Well, it was writing. London and New York and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And you remember the um, just the lettering, the font on it was gorgeous to look at. It was very simple, but you remember how the lettering for Mayfair, the the kind of the go symbol. I mm. mean, I can't. You can't fault the the go the go symbol. And and it's like while we're talking about like old stuff, like you know, I was looking at a board game geek thread the other day of all these um, pictures of people like playing games mm-hmm. on the boxes, like they used to have the photographs. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, like Monopoly, it didn't go down that road. It actually has, you know, quite, for those days, quite a stark, solid, bold box. It's just like Monopoly. You're not it's having fun. Qu- quite, you know. Yeah, it's business. It's, yeah, it's like kind of, we are here to play Monopoly. You're, mm-hmm. We're not going to put a photo of people. No. We're here to play Monopoly. You're not here to have fun. You're here. You're not here to have fun. You get your. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, even the cards. I mean, I must have spent chance. <clears throat> I must have, as a young as a young lad. I remember sitting there and going chance. I understand. I land on a chance. I land on the chance square. I take a chance. I flip over the card and something's going to happen. I didn't understand what community chest meant though. That just. That whole entire phrase was kind of alien to me. I mean, I don't know in those days. Actually, that's something I've never investigated. Did they have some sort of fund for, you know, everyone going on? Like, because it sounds like, I don't know, someone's got some boobs and everyone's allowed to (laughs) fondle. (laughs) But, um... Oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) Yeah. 88 episodes, Bez, and you just make it you just make it filthy. Well, I was listening to the one with Stephen Rhodes, and <laughs> let's be honest, like I was very careful with my swearing. I yes. paused so that I wouldn't swear. Yes. And then right after, Stephen goes and says, you know, I'm going to try and keep this one clean relatively. Yeah. Well, that's but, good. <laughs> no, carrying on about the nice thing about Monopoly, yeah. you know, we don't give credit to the fact that, you know, especially for the day, there are quite nice miniatures. I know because they were metal. You didn't. You you had the solidness. Let's face it. Let's go down them. We had the top hat, nice and solid. Mm-hmm. We had the little iron. We had the car. You know, 
Um, you had a little doggy. They were all in their own little way, little signs that you were making your way in the world by owning these kind of certain I- icons. And what Except did you that you've got that thimble? And I mean, is mm. this really what you're aspiring to? To be a seamstress who, um... listen, a lot of money in darning socks. <laughs> There's a lot of money. You could stick a hem up. You could make yourself a business in those days. I wouldn't. I can. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't mock it. I think it's a fantastic way to way to be. To be perfectly honest, but um, no, it was kind of um, it was <clears throat> it was role to move. And let's not forget that role to move mechanic, but it also, for a lot of people, it kind of introduced the, the, um, the kind of the tactical role to move for the first time, as in the fact mm. that you, while you didn't even realise it at the time, people had the certain strategies that they had, whether it was to go for the stations, whether it was to go for um, Old Kent Road, which was always a favourite, whether it was to get all the way around and get yourself on kind of like Mayfair and Park Lane. Yeah, and there is a lot of interaction because you do all the auctions and then you do mm-hmm. all the trading, mm-hmm. and that is a part of the proper rules. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got someone and you're like, okay, you know what, I've got two out... You don't want to wait until you've got three out of four of a set, no. because then no one will give you the last one. Exactly. What you do is you kind of want to maybe have two out of four, and then you trade for the third one, and yes. you hope to get the fourth. Yeah. And then, you know, you're also the kind of thing, okay, I'm going to help complete your set, you'll help complete my set, but then if both players think that orange is the best, which it kind of is because you land on it the most, mm. at least. Um, but, yeah, you know, as you say, there's a lot to think about with all the high players. You know, the trading and all the negotiation. Utilities as well. Utilities, if I remember correctly, and I, I remember my brother used to go to, for the utilities all the time. I mean, that was his thing. Because if you <clears throat> if you owned one of the utilities, you'd roll the dice. If people landed on you, they'd roll the dice. I think it was maybe up to... It was a certain level times the number of dice or something like that. And if they... If you own both properties and people had to pay kind of even more, and it was a nice little, little gentle hit all the way around. And I remember that people just used to go for like, they'd go for the middle road kind of properties. They'd go for the Marley Bones of this world, mm, and or they'd go for that. you know the Regent, Street, you know Regent Street and stuff like that. And they and they kind of build them up. So they says, well, I'll, all I want is my little three over here, and then they would just hammer them with houses and hotels. And then there was, as I say, my brother, who was a bit of an expert tactician on this, he always went for um, Old Kent Road every mm. single time. So you'd get the people... Really, the original brown ones? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You'd go all the way around, you'd go all the way around, you'd skip Mayfair, you'd pass go, you'd collect your 200 and you think, good, I'm collecting myself enough life points to get all the way around the, get all the, way around the board again. And then bang! Old Kent Road comes and hits you, grabs you by the scruff of the neck, shaking a little bit of money out. Not an awful lot of money, but enough that it hurt. And enough that you then spent the rest of the round kind of being scared that you would land on somebody else's property. But um, one thing I have to ask you, Biz. Yeah? Free parking. 
No. I think I said this in the last time. You know, you don't put money on free parking. That's just right out. Yes. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a common house rule, hmm. but I mean, when money goes out the game, it's meant to go out of the game. Yes. I mean, that's what brings the game to a close. There's no question of that. You know, there was that thing is if you're feeling generous, people would put their fines. If they paid the money to get you know to get out of jail, they put that on the middle, and then the no, lucky that's right out. Yeah, no, that goes. I mean, it's getting taken out of the economy. You're but, just you're just rewarding people for being lucky in one dice. That wasn't fair. But the thing is, like you've still got the luck. I mean, but mm. that's as you say, especially with the utilities. When you roll the dice to, um, you know, for the amounts that you've got, someone's got to pay. That's mm. your brother kind of choosing that he wants to go for a high variant strategy. Yeah. And actually that thing that you can choose your strategy and you feel like it's some ownership and as you go along you build up your properties you put on the houses, you put on the hotels and you feel like it's yours and you, it's not, look I'm not saying it's a great game I'm just saying let's not knock it and say there was nothing good about it yeah. And also one great thing I think we need to touch on, like a couple of things, just quickly, the escalation of the numbers, because, yeah, it starts off slow, the numbers get higher and higher, and this is like a classic thing that games do nowadays. But back in those days, I think it was actually fairly rare. I mean, it was normally just, okay, you go along this straight line, you're getting mm-hmm. towards the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, you've got to the end, hey. But with Monopoly, it's like, you start off, okay, I'm going, oh, well, I'm only paying £6. Oh, my God, I'm now paying, like, hundreds of pounds just to stay on this place because it's got the hotels on it. Escalation. The escalation was one of the scariest things. And the other thing is, as well, is you could settle down for an afternoon and play Monopoly. You could settle down for a good three or four hours. People talk about Eclipse and Twilight <laughs> Twilight Imperium and stuff like that. But I remember on a couple of occasions basically having lunch, getting some cheese on toast, a packet of salt and vinegar crisps, and maybe like a little glass of cremola foam, and then us unfolding the Monopoly, taking the money, because it was real paper money, and you know it looked the part, putting the community chest and the chance cards out, everybody fighting over who wanted the car. Because it was a you know group of boys, and um, then playing, and then it finishing just before us having our dinner. I mean that was like what <laughs> three four hours, three four, and just commanding and, and those our days, attention. To be fair, when you've got a lot of time, yeah, and yeah, if no one's really wanting to learn something with the complexity of Eclipse, and you're not wanting to, you know, be boom, boom, we're going to actively play games, short games. Like, it's quite nice having that ability to play something in a sort of half-interactive way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because some people talk about, um, like, the... What was it? The World of Warcraft game, I think it was. Yeah, it's, like, ostensibly for six players... Although, it's not really. I played it with my brother and basically you want to play two players and use all three sides between yourselves. Yeah. But that's a long game. That was like, um, we played it twice 
and probably never again. But <laughs> it was um, like the first time was maybe yeah. four hours, and then the second time we played the longer version of all the kind of things, and then it was like maybe five, six hours. It was, but there wasn't that much to it. It was just a case of dice rolling, see how it all pans out, see how well it works. And Monopoly is kind of the same, that you're not really in full control of your destiny. No. But it's interesting to see how it comes out, and yeah. And have you final, um, have you played play. the, have you played the variants at all? I mean, have you played any of the the modern versions, the branded ones, the Nintendo ones? Have you seen um, Have you seen Monopoly Gamer? I've not seen. Well, I've read about it. I'm not that inclined to chase it down. To be honest, like I, I, I thought you were going to talk about rules variants, and one early <laughs> thing that I did was kind of saying, okay, you know what, just everyone starts off with half the money. We tried that once, just so basically you really have to auction everything, basically. You don't get to just think, okay, like, instead of starting off, I think it's one and a half thousand, normally. Mm-hmm. But if you say, okay, look, everyone's starting off with 750, <laughs> that's not enough to buy everything you land on anymore. No. Now you've really got to think, okay... i got to build up my empire. I've got to build up my empire. this up for auction? Yeah. Am I going to let this go? And... No one's going to pay full whack for anything anymore, so it's all about that valuation. Absolutely. It's pretty interesting. And the other thing is as well, it's like simple maths. Hmm. You know, it's having to work out how much people will use, how to go through your money, give people change, a mortgage and stuff. I've got to turn cards over to get the money and everything like that. It's all very, very kind of interesting and complicated <laughs> but you can imagine that <clears throat> you can imagine every single person's played it i don't think there's one person that's been on here on the show that hasn't mentioned it you know it's like, oh i've played the staples you know i've played monopoly i've played snakes and ladders or um shoots and ladders or you know it yeah, comes up time American and time or oh, yeah. Or yeah yeah and there was oh. also there was gangsteropoly and there was all these kind of different game variants I think I think that might have been one of the unofficial ones there's like yeah a lot of blank opoly um, where yeah back in the day like maybe in the 70s especially people were just trying to get away with as much as they could and so yeah looking on board game <laughs> geeks some of the variants are crazy <laughs> like some of the additions but we we support it. We hope it continues. And um, as I say, there's the new Monopoly gamer. Yeah. As we said, that we'll see. People are seem to go. In all honesty, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say I hope it continues. All I wanted to do was to redress the balance and say Monopoly's <laughs> not all that terrible. It's got a lot of some good things about it, and let's kind of yeah appreciate those good things. It's and like it's like soap operas. We might not necessarily agree with them, but they are a necessary part <laughs> of society. Um. <laughs> um. Right. And then to counter on the flip side, I thought, you know, let's talk about some of the terrible things about one of my favourite games, which oh, is Go. I've never played Go. You've not played Go? I've not played Go. Well, one bad thing 
is that, you know, it's actually quite hard to learn the strategy of unless you're learning it from other people. Uh-huh. I mean, but it it's a two-player only game, which is a bad thing. What's it about? Are... Tell me. Cause, cause I'm so there is no, no theme. Idea. That's another problem. What? I mean, there is no theme at all. It's even more themeless than chess. You've not even got different types of pieces. You've only got one kind of piece. Yeah. And then you put it wherever you want. Yeah. And then basically when your pieces get surrounded by your opponent's pieces, all your group of pieces that have been surrounded get taken off. So it's about kind of fighting for territory and you've got a giant board. The full game is 19 by 19. And so you might have this little area here where you've got enough holes that it will never be filled in by your opponent. But then they've got this little bit and then you try encroaching on it. But then they push back. And it gets really complex and strategic as you play with different parts of the board. Mm. But, you know, that's a problem. Like, because it is a really skill-based game and there's zero <laughs> luck. And so, frankly, you know, there's some folk that are so good that I just couldn't play against them. Because if I were to play against them they would just have to dumb down their entire game and it would basically be them saying, oh yeah, you shouldn't do that, or kind of giving me tips as we went along and it would essentially be them teaching me no, how to good. play better. No, and also, no. by the same token, if you played, it might be that me playing against you, even with nine pieces on the board, there is a really nice handicap system, but it only goes so far. So there might be a couple of games that we play, the first couple of games you just would not have a chance. And that's not very good. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. I think I think this has to, I think this game of Go has to happen now. <clears throat> I will Maybe when I yeah next time I'm up in Scotland for compulsion or something. Yes. Or Glasgow Games Festival. Yes. Are you going to that by the way? Um I don't know. I've very, very busy. When so, is it? This is a shout out for Nick Pittman. Who oh, runs right. the Glasgow Games Festival in November? Oh, okay. Well, then the answer to that is yes. Awesome. If you're there, then I will be there, and then we will play Go. Excellent. And yeah, I'll be around for the weekend because obviously, if I'm coming up mm-hmm. back up to Scotland from England, I'm not going to be there just for one day. So no. Yeah, we could hang out. That'd be but, cool. Yeah. So. Um, Next topic, pole dancing <laughs> is exactly the same as board game design. Okay, right, I'm going to... Right, you. <laughs> I can't even begin to get involved in that conversation. Do you disagree or agree? <laughs> I think that um, it depends. Are you talking about audience participation or are you just talking about the simple mechanics? I'm talking about the fact that when you're... Say you're doing a pole dance routine. You've got to think about your audience. I mean, you've got to think, are you going for sexual titillation? Are you going for, you know, showing off your athleticism? Are you going for, you know, trying... You've got different ways to go with it. And by the same token, when you're making a game, you've got to think about your audience. You can't have a strategic game that's really good for grognards and wargamers, and it's still good for eight-year-olds. Yeah. You've got to think about your audience. 
And also, it's all about fun at the end of the day. Are you are you working up towards announcing that your next game is going to involve some kind of dancing? Um, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a. I don't think I've ever heard that kind of even um, even kind of tied together. To be honest, um, what a. Um, I think Jamie Stegmeyer maybe missed that kind of bit out in his blog. So <laughs> there is. Um, yeah, it's that one game that's themed around strip clubs. I oh, talked yeah. about kind of um yeah, a game for pole dance as a sport and people actually on Facebook said, Oh, here's this other game, but I would like to see a game about the sport of pole dancing, if you know what I mean. Because there is a lot you know, pole dancing, yes, it's originated in strip clubs, and interestingly there was a movement to say, hey, it's not just about sex, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then there was a counter-movement to this where people were saying, hey, let's get the sex back into pole dancing because <laughs> we want to reclaim it for the strip clubs. And then there were actually some strippers and who were saying, you know what, people are making it too sanitised and we don't want it to just be about the sport. We want to say that pole dancing can be about the sexual titillation, and that's how it should be. And so it was really interesting that there's kind of people saying, hey, it doesn't need to be about sex, and are there people basically saying, hey, it can be about sex, and sex isn't shameful. And I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. Is is this you kind of putting this alongside maybe certain mechanics and board games? You've got some people saying that area control is is a fun thing to do, other people saying that you know area control isn't, or some people saying that maybe a deck building games are fun because exactly and you know... like deck building is the exact example I was going to say because like some pe- there was like this measure where people are saying oh I can't wait for deck building games to become about deck building and something else. So it's not just Dominion, it's not, you know, where deck building is a small element in the game. And then there's other people are like, oh, let, you know what, we don't need it to be deck building and other thing. Let's make it just about the deck building. I mean, you look at, um, yeah, what Blind Wizard Brawl with Brady and them um, that you had on recently. Oh, Brady. And then, you know, that they called it a micro deck builder. And I didn't think about this when I was playing it because I got the chance to play it last year in November. What do you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really nice. And I'd like to play it a lot more, but personally, I do have a small issue. Like, I've already spoken to Brady at length about this. I am, yeah, just forcing everyone to download an app, even though it's free. For Mm. me, it's still a slight obstacle that I'm not willing to tell people you've got to do this in order to play this game. and But I think it's a really nice thing that I'd like to play a lot more. Yeah. But again, that is... Yeah, you've got to focus on, okay, what other people are doing, there's the high interaction, there's the conflict, but it's all about building up your deck. Yeah. And you can counteract the fire with the water, with the earth, and what you're going to go for. It's all about the deck and nothing else. So it's like... You know, the pole dancers who've said, let's reclaim pole dancing <laughs> for sex. They've done the exact same thing with deck building. <laughs> so what you're saying is um, Blind Wizard Brawl 
um, is kind of like a strip club. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, okay. <laughs> um, I'm kind of interested in the next topic. To be clear, right, I have not wrote any of the show notes or the topics for discussion tonight. Um, Bez, she was quite clear. She came on and says... Um, well, last time I, I was here, topics. you did say, like, it's your show. And then I compared you to the Feral Roche ambassador. Yes. And then, you know, you were spoiling us. I thought, you know, I'll take the full privilege yeah. of it's apparently being my night. So yeah. I've decided, you know, this is what it's going to be. Yep, you're going for the, so the full next diplomatic immunity. It's like, what's this whole thing about wizards? Why do you hate wizards? And why do you keep claiming you're not wizards? Are you secretly a wizard, Richard? And I put it to you, Richard. What is it with the wizards? And why do you keep claiming you are not a wizard? Right, okay. Let's get this clear. Okay? Okay. Once and for all, and I've already explained, I think we've explained this story and we've explained it well enough, (laughs) is that... I'm clearing my thought. I might even take a drink. (laughs) That when we came up with a name for the show... It was because of external social pressures from my peer group in my place of employment, namely a gentleman by the name of Tristan, who shall name Anonymous, (laughs) who, when discovering that I had started to frequent the popular Dunfermline Wargaming and Roleplaying Fellowship in Dunfermline, also known as Dwarf, decided to make comments along the lines of Where's your wand? Show us your hat. (laughs) Are you doing spells for lunch? Um, What did you do last night? Were you fighting a dragon? So this got to the point where I basically turned around and quietly, um, I guess, reminded the gentleman in question that we were many things, (laughs) but we never played as wizards. We were not wizards. And uh, when me and Colin were talking about starting the podcast, we um, you came up with the usual kind of names. It's like hairdressers, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, uh, you know, dungeon, Meeples. dungeon quest hunt, or you know, roll, you know, roll an adventure, and you know, the gaming pod, or board of gaming, or <laughs> you know, polyhedron collider. Um, all those, <laughs> all those kind, <laughs> all those kind of names were kind of like banded about. And I just says, well, <clears throat> we wanted something which was um, easy to name, easy, quite striking to remember, and also nobody else on the internet had potentially taken the various kind of social media <laughs> networks as well, because I was able to go on and get we're not wizards.com.co.uk, anything at all with kind of ease. Um, so that's the kind of the background behind it. Uh, wizards in general, yeah, yeah, are fairly awful, lazy type people. Oh, they I... don't really put a day's if you know. There's no way once a wizard learns basic levitation that they're ever ever gonna get up off their butt and get the remote control for the telly off the table. They're gonna magic it over, yeah. They're never ever gonna. I feel once... like because of this ridicule. Because of Tristan, um, you've kind of absorbed all this negativity, and you're pouring it onto the wizards. 
I you know, not, in, I, in no, an I'm, unhygienic sort of way. You're saying I'm reflecting here, and I'm quite simply not. I have, in my experience, I feel you like know, you don't know how much effort it takes for a wizard to learn levitation. You don't know how much effort. I, I um, mean, I don't know because I am. I just reckon. Holding my hands up and saying, "I am not a wizard." I just reckon they should stand up instead of levitating. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just them learning how to be more lazier than normal. That's Mm. all. I mean, they can't even be bothered shaving half of them. Do you know what I mean? They'll go for the full beard, regardless. Even if they look, even if they've got strikingly good features, they always kind of go for the full (laughs) rock and the full beard. It's just laziness. And they wear robes. It's man, come on. If you could magic yourself into anything at all, you'd get yourself a good set of threads. And they just can't be bothered. Do you know what they do? That's probably their bathrobe. They probably get out of bed (laughs) in the morning, can't be bothered, stand up, look in front of the mirror, look at themselves in the mirror wearing their kind of slightly stained pants and their vest on, and then they reach for their bathrobe. And over the years, all they've done is rather than getting a plain bathrobe, They've decided to stitch stars into the side of it, and then they can go about and claim it's all magical. Yeah, it's like these girls who go to the <coughs> supermarkets in their pajamas. Exactly. And, yeah, the but wizards. Make sure the wizards at least have um, pajama trousers. But as you say, wizards are the original nice kind of onesie wearers. I'm telling you, if wizards were about just now, they'd be they'd be the ones at Tesco's, bumbling about trying to get their shopping. <laughs> Except they wouldn't stretch up to shelves, they'd levitate stuff out. They go and complain about having to use money and they try to magic gold at people or they try and magic a spell and say, I do not have to pay for this. And they would just walk out shoplifters, a lot of them. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I'm not touching that anymore. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not wizards for a reason. And don't even get me started on the whole magic thing. Okay. Because, you know, my eyes start to twitch. Yes. I wrote down the surprise quiz, which kind of was a bit rubbish because now it's less of a surprise. But um, at least the questions are still a surprise. Okay. So each question uh-huh. is going to be more easy than the previous one. All right. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. So what's the square root of pi? Pi squared? No. Don't know. You're wrong. I've no idea. Well, Three, too bad. Three okay. point one. No, okay, okay, I don't know. No idea. When Any was Agricola get... released? Oh, uh, too slow. 2009. What's one plus one? Two. Yes. Well done. <laughs> That's the end of the quiz. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay, moving on. What is? Okay. What have you got on? This is actually okay. quite scary because I don't even know what this is about. Right, Wibble, so, oh, right, is this, this Wibble, is Wibble plus, plus, plus Plus? Yes. Okay, actually, I think, um, let's quickly talk about a game wherein you bladder, a Scottish word meaning to talk at length, at fast rates, without necessarily making very much sense. Right? Anyway, so, um, yeah. I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, for people who've been keeping up, last time I talked about that game, I was going to kickstart it at the end of May. Yes, but what did, I yeah. realised was that I just, um, fundamentally, it wasn't ready. And it's going to need 
I think I already explained this. It's going to need about um, 570 illustrations. Wow. Because the thing is, on you've got a deck of 300 cards. Mm-hmm. On each card, you've got um, four words that you might have to use within your bladder. Yeah. Like, two on the front, and then they're double-sided, so that if you can't think of either of the ones on the front to use, can't work out how to use them, you just flip it, put it to the back, and maybe you will have worked out how to use the ones on the back by the time it gets to you. Okay. But um, you're just racing through, and then to guide your bladders, you've got a vague topic, so the topics might be something... Like, the topic might be self-referential, it might say blethering, or it might say... Fish and Chips, The Untold Love Story. Or it might say Schrodinger's Kitten. And you need to blather about this thing. For, or it might say Parrots. And so you're going to have about 550-something topics. And so you'll have to play the game, like, many, many times before you even see them. And then even when you use the same ones again, you'll be blathering with different people, so it will sound different. Because, I mean, for about a year, I honestly had this tiny deck of, like, about 15 topic cards. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Because, yeah, you saw the same ones in between games, but they were all different. I mean, if I bladder about parrots, it's going to be different to you bladdering about parrots. It's going to be different to you bladdering about parrots. It's going to be different to me doing it on a different day. But well, I, then... can, I can blather about parrots, I tell you that. Hmm. Are you saying there's some untold love story between Richard Simpson and Parrots? <laughs> I'm not going to say it's love, it's just like... <laughs> it's, so it's a strong attraction, rather is, than uh, infatuation. Uh, you're kind of using the words, you're kind of putting words into my mouth here. It's not attraction or infatuation. Um, yeah, I said... Yeah. I, <clears throat> it's well, kind of more of a kind of a deep respect for an animal, that's all. For our feathered beaked friends... Yes, especially the ones that can talk. They're quite cool. Hmm. That is quite a cool thing when animals kind of mimic humans. Oh, it's fantastic. So, you've got these cards. Oh, sorry, go on. No, you were saying you've got these cards. I take it you've reached a situation where you thought, actually, if I'm going to make the game the best that it can be, I need to make it accessible. I need to have illustrations on the cards. But then you've realised that actually you're going to have to do an awful lot of drawing. Because you do... A lot of the stuff is all done by hand that you do, isn't it? Yeah, and people were asking me, like, I was I was actually getting asked um, last weekend. Someone said, oh, what's happened to that game? And I said, well, I realised I needed to do that many things. And I did the maths. So I did the maths, you know, about half a year ago. And mm. I realised that it was going to take me two years off roughly to do it and I want this is kind of me doing it like about three days a week so not like full time just you know going along so I can work on other things but this is going to be a project for quite a while and then I realized you know I've done every kickstarter I ever did like in a bind I never had any final artwork before I did that kickstarter no. In the Bind Junior, I had, I think, three pieces of final artwork, but even those cards were changed. And then Wibble++, Plus Plus, I didn't have any of the final artwork done. Like, it's just letters, but even so, 
I got an email from someone recently just to say how they thought it looked amazing compared to, you know, the prototype that had been bandying about. You know, I'd oh, right. shown this prototype at Essen and everywhere. I wasn't oh, ashamed okay. to show it because oh. to me, you've got to have a certain level of look to show that you are somewhat serious, but the mechanisms are the main thing. And I get, I'm really, there was a game, I'm not even going to name it because I kind of like the people who made it and I don't want to name and shame at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really beautiful artwork. And then I played it with my friend, Kieran Symington, and then he kind of like, oh, wait, you can do this. And then I got back to the people saying, hey, if you do this, there's kind of like, you're going to win 60% of the time. And given that, um, you know, it's first to so many pieces, like that's pretty good odds. And that kind of seems like it's a really boring game if you do this. And I don't know, you've got got to play test and make sure that the mechanisms are solid and the game itself is as good as can be. Yeah, you like to. obviously for the audience and then the artwork can all come later but then the thing is with in a bind with Wibble Plus Plus it was almost like okay I'm going to do the game do the Kickstarter and then if with in a bind it was very much if it funds I'll do this with Wibble it was when it funds I'll do this because let's be honest by the time I'd got to Wibble Plus Plus I kind of knew that I had enough people it was hopefully going to get to the same point because I was only asking for the same amount I asked for from In a Bind. Yeah. But then the issue comes from Bladder, a game wherein you bladder, um, or I'll call it a game wherein you, for short. (laughs) (laughs) And so for a game wherein you, I need, because I need literally hundreds of illustrations and it's going to take me two years to do, I have, you know, different paths. I can either do it now and then have all the Kickstarter people watching me and, you know, rallying me along whilst I make all the artwork. And that is a great thing. And I think for In a Bind, the final drawings were better because of the people there. And with Wibble++, I showed the box cover, people voted on things, and then the final box cover, I think, is better as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But with a game wherein you... I've already got a good idea of what these illustrations are going to be like. Someone asked me, oh, do you really need this, these illustrations? Could you not kind of modularize them? So if mm. you've got like 10 flags, have the flags the same, but then just do different graphics. I could, but that's not it's as not bears, good. is it? it? There's something really nice in kind of... It is absolutely ridiculous, the title of the game. And by the same token, the fact that it has a 1,200-something or whatever, how many hundred words it is in the title. Yeah. It has hundreds of illustrations. It has a ridiculous amount of content that if you like the central game, you can play it literally hundreds of times and there will be more stuff for you. But it's going to take me literally years to do all these illustrations. So basically, I decided I'm going to do this other game. I'm going to kickstart Kitty Cataclysm, which is another game I never mentioned last time. You didn't. But it's um and then i'm going once i've gotten myself a bit more sorted i'm going to just do all the arts hopefully get to facebook group 
get people into it, keep people, okay, this is what's happening, tell people at Tessin about it, although I don't know if the Germans will really be able to play it as easily, because, you know, it's in English, but, you know, some of them speak pretty good English, and so, yeah, I feel like, um, hopefully, in a couple, in some years, it's all be, yeah, really good, and yeah, basically, it's going to be a case of me doing these hundred drawings, and hopefully I'll get enough, um, yeah, interest from, develop a bit more of a following from the Facebook group and that, because ultimately, when I launch the Kickstarter, I don't want it to be just a couple of hundred people anymore. I feel like a game wherein you deserves more than that. I feel like it deserves, you know, I need to start being a bit more serious. I need to start in telling myself, okay, these things are going to fund. It's not just, oh, if it funds, then I'll put in the time. I think I've got to start being like, okay, whereas in a bind, my entire marketing budget was about £10, which was basically <laughs> um, the price uh, it cost to make one prototype and send it yeah. to America. Hmm. And that was my marketing budget, which, you know, was well spent. And But I feel like it's gotten to the point where I, even for Kitty Cataclysm, which is, again, just a top game, a deck of cards, essentially. And that's going to be, like, an £8 thing, probably. But I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to maybe spend a couple hundred pounds on marketing, because, frankly, you've got to. And then, if I do that, and then I get, what's it, like, 25 extra backers, because I've made a few more... I've done the artwork ahead of time and I've making some yeah. nice copies rather than just printing it off and photocopying bits of paper and then sticking them onto cards and then sending them off. And with due respect to In the Binds, you know, Bowers Gaming Corner, he sh- saw that was a good game even though it was a pretty rough prototype. But it's time for me to be a bit more professional and be like, okay, I'm going to get it basically done. I'm going to assume that I'm going to get the money if I don't, it will be a real pain, but I'm going to invest in it, basically, I guess, ultimately, yeah. So what you're going to be saying is you're going to be like, basically, kind of portion it up then, kind of being all professional, you're going to have a file of facts in one of those big mobile <laughs> phones, and you're going to attend luncheons. You're going to have business cards, aren't you? Yeah, I really should get on that, actually. I've not even got business cards at the moment. You know, you think you know somebody, and then they go all American (laughs) psycho Patrick Bateman on you. Is that, are you going to go for the the pressed eggshell white or something like that? I could just imagine, (laughs) I just imagine you doing that. Um, Kitty Cataclysm. Okay, so... um, Qu'est-ce que c'est? What is it? Kitty Cataclysm is what in a bind or yogi would be if it if I chose to not make it physical. So basically, um yeah, that's probably not going to actually tell anybody anything. But <laughs> um back in twenty thirteen, when I started uh-huh. working on a game that would go on to become in a bind, um 
it started off as a game where you were trying to get points, you were, you know, running out of the deck would finish the game. It was all about, there were some marked cards, like marked from the back, and you were grabbing them out of other people's paws. You were um, swiping things, stealing things, donating things, and there was a lot of card play. And it was basically like Flux, but with a bit more strategy. And... Mm -hmm. But there was also the couple of cards that just told you to stand up, and if you ever sat down, then you'd basically lose. And yeah. that was what kind of developed that one card developed into in a bind. But then recently, like about last October, November, I went back to it, and I was like, well, there was an interesting other branch I could have gone down here, and I'd like <laughs> to explore that with my, you know, because I've become a better designer in the intervening three years, I like to think. I mean, I think it's natural if you do something for a while, you do become better. But yeah. um, so it's a real simple game, and you're donating cards, you're stealing cards, you're drawing cards, and then you play some things that force everyone to pass cards around or lose cards, and you're yeah. trying to get the best cards into your paws. But if you ever, there's four cards in the deck that you need to watch out for. They basically punish you if you've got six or seven or more cards in your paws. All right, okay. And so like one of them just says, yeah, if you've got six or more, everything you've played, because basically everything you play goes into a personal discard pile that you call your kitty. Mm-hmm. And then those points count, whereas if you lose a card, that goes into the communal discard pile called the litter tray. But, so it's all about the puns. Like, you've got the person, you've got the caterpillar, you've got the caterpillist, of course, because, you know, you can't have, if if you've got a caterpillar, there must be a caterpillar and a caterpillist. And you've got a catcher and a catchist. That's just... It's just, yeah, it's only you could go like with something like and this. And it's actually the cat chest. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, you're basically passing cards. Yeah. So, yeah, the four dangerous cards. One says, if you've got six or more, you lose everything in your kitty. The other one says, mm-hmm. if you've got seven or more in your paws, you lose everything in your paws. And so someone else will put that down and then... Yeah. If it gets... The only rules of the game are you play a card and then you do what it says. So it's even simpler than Flux. You don't draw a card unless a card tells you to. Yeah, okay. And so actually by taking that out, it was like really interesting design-wise because most of the cards don't let you draw, but then there's ones that let you draw one, two, or three. What's the relative value of that? What's the relative value of draw two compared to steal two? Do you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so, quite often, you might not even want to have more cards in your paws because of the ones I just mentioned. And then if, you, if you've if you got nothing to play on your turn, then you can't play a card, and then the game just ends. And so... Oh, right, okay. At that point, you add up the points, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it can be as short as one minute. So if you hate short games, and you feel like... Um, so the question is, how would you react... If you played a game and it went like one round and then it stops, would you be like, oh my god, this is crazy, let's play again? Or 
would you be like, oh my god, this is terrible, let's never play? I'm not saying that happens all the time, that is a rarity. Like, normally it'll go round and round a few times, and then you'll play through maybe a quarter of the deck, and then after five minutes, or maybe even ten minutes, someone'll knock everyone else out, or someone'll run out of cards, or the deck will run out, which... I've seen it happen in Magic, where I've seen two people playing each other, and one guy's just got the perfect deck at the perfect time, and went... you're dead and that's it and that's magic to a T so um, you know I've seen that happen I think if do you know what it sounds like one of these games that if people are chilling out and relaxing and they know what they can expect from the game then sometimes you want a game that only lasts a couple of minutes if you're just Mm. mucking around do you know what I mean if you've got 10-15 minutes to kill Sometimes you don't have a chance to kind of like um, set up and play something kind of big yeah. and serious, you know. Like um, that's the thing. Like this game is literally just deal five cards to everyone, and in a way you go. And yeah, it's so simple. And originally, there because of the marked cards that I mentioned, that was a big mm. part of the game before. And it was just Mm -hmm. earlier this year, after UK Games Expo, in fact, that I finally took them out, and it made it so much simpler. Yes, Kieran hates it now, because (laughs) um, you can't target the really good cards. The game-ending cards used to be marked, so you knew they were coming. But now, Mm. you know, there's more excitement there's more chance of you getting a stupid combo like you've got four cards that let you play again so two Mm. of them let you donate as many as you want well let's say you've got 10 cards in your hand and you've also got the everyone with seven or more cards loses everything then Mm. you play the donate any play again make sure everyone else has seven in their hands and then you play the everyone with seven in their hand loses everything, loses. and then you just cackle. And that comes up, you know, maybe, I don't know, one in ten games, someone might be able to pull it off if you're not careful. But mm. you've got to be pretty lucky. And it's, yeah, as you say, it's, you play it, but there is a bit of strategy there at the same time. But it's half a step above Flux, but it's pretty much the same ilk, just random chaos. Oh, that's what you want. And as I say, I mean, is this coming? I mean, when is this coming to Kickstarter? Have you got a plan for that? Are you still in development? So, I've, I'm going to basically try and get some. As I say, I'm going to try and push it up. Yeah. I'm going to um, actually do some reasonably nice artwork um, mm-hmm. and get it done onto. Like something like the Game Crafter, whereas before, for everything I've ever taken to a convention before, before I've printed a thousand copies, it's yeah. literally just been cards and sleeves with photocopied paper. So I'm going off to Essen, and so my big project is going to be get this relatively nicely made. Get it actually properly presentable, so if somebody wants to pick it up, they've actually got a really, really kind of highly polished copy that they can imagine doing stuff with. Is exactly. that what you're thinking about? And so, That's cool. Yeah, because 
when I go to Essen, I want people there and also just when I'm showing it around for people and when I'm sending it to reviewer, I want people to watch the review now and be like, yeah, this is basically what you're going to get rather than, oh, this is something that Bez has taken, you know, a day over, whereas the final thing Bez is going to take a month over. I mean, if I've got the, I guess it's a confidence issue in a way, but if I've got the confidence that it's going to fund and I believe it should, then I should, you know, spend that month doing the artwork and, yeah, getting it looking nice ahead of time so that reviewers can show people this is what it's going to be like. And as I say, you know, you get... Yeah, it's about... I mean, my man Dan told me, yeah, Bez, you do good stuff, but you need to tell people about it. And it's kind of doing it only half the thing because if no one knows about it no one's going to be able to enjoy it no one's going to be able to do anything with it yeah no no um hunter's pie so hunter's pie is a game (laughs) um so that might not be the final title so just so you know, this is a game I originally did for the 2014-2015 UK Games Expo Redesign Challenge. Alright. And I didn't win the first prize, who, which was won by Marta Borowiecka, um, who is a lovely person, and since then we've become friends and I've visited her and her husband in Wales. They're absolutely lovely. And mm-hmm. anyway, so back to my story... Um, so this game was called Yo Dog, I Heard You Like Moving Gnomes. So move a gnome to move a gnome to move a gnome to maybe remove a title. <laughs> and, you know, that wasn't even me trying to make a long name. This was just oh me um, just thinking, so what bad. can I possibly call it? And it was <laughs> a game wherein you move a gnome to move a gnome to move a gnome on a third board. And then if the thing on the third board and the thing on the second board match, then you remove something. Yeah. And at the time, um, you know, Alan Paul and what Michael, um, I've forgotten his name. Damn, that's really bad. But anyway, so there was some interest actually in publishing it because it was a really simple to publish game, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It was just at the time like a bunch of tiles and a few cards. And mm-hmm. I've kind of been working on it on and off. And it's finally at the stage where the two player game, there's literally one decision whether the wild cards should be ones or twos. And yeah, beyond that, there. so you've got a board where you're moving an animal shaman and then... Mm-hmm. The animal shaman um, moves this hunter through a forest and then where the fo- hunter in the forest is determines where the um, cook moves in the kitchen and then you're trying to get your animals to stay alive. But you've got um, this, like these three special cards that you get and so there's nine in the game and so there's also random board setups and... It's not just obfuscation for the sake of it. In a way, like, yeah, if you 
played it and got a computer to play it well, a computer could probably do quite well at it if you did a good job coding. I mean, yeah. it's not like Go or Arima, <sighs> which are games that are pretty much impossible for computers to do well at. But um, it is a game that you sit and then you, you're you meant to play free games. It's basically first person to win two wins the match. And so your special cards, right. you've got to decide, are you going to use them all in the first game? Or are you going to maybe do what I did in the playtesting session today, which was just keep hold of them and don't even use them until you you know you're guaranteed to be able to use them to win. And then you've got them all at the end and you're cackling because the other person lost, used all their special cards and you know exactly what they can do now because they've got no tricks up their sleeve, but you can <laughs> just do whatever you want. Well, you can only do what the cards let you do, but they have no idea. So you're just grinning from ear to ear because you can, yeah. But it makes your brain hurt so much. Like about by halfway through the second game, I mean, I was in a, I played it quite a bit. I watched it and then played it myself on Sunday. Then I played it, yeah, today. And it's like, always, it seems like about the second game, you start to really, when you're thinking three steps ahead and then your brain starts hurting, but yeah. And no one, it's one of those games, no one's going to play perfectly. It yeah. comes down to who make, who plays the best, you know what I mean? But it's, I'm really proud of it. It's not going, it's not a great fit for what I'm making, if you know what I mean. But yeah. um yeah, Surprise Terror Games, who made Snowdonia. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. And um, Guilds of London, which is the recent big thing. So mm-hmm. they're going to be doing that. With, and so it's really exciting. That's going to be like my second game published by someone else after That's your game. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, so... we. Just to let you know, we skipped over yoga and Wibble Plus Plus. I know you do have to head off in, like, you said, like, three minutes. It's all right. It's fine. But it's fine. Um, I just want to say, if we've got time for nothing else, like, Yogi, like... Yes. I'm not just saying this because they're paying me money, um, but genuinely, the cards, I believe, could not be better for the game. I'm really excited by the card quality. Yeah. I know that sounds like a really anal thing, but these cards are literally made of PVC. Really? And you can't... I mean, with the prototype, they were a bit thicker, which people mistakenly believe is better. But with the new ones, yeah. you can wrap them. I rolled them into the diameter of a cigarette. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't... I had no intention of smoking it or anything like that. But just to stress <laughs> test the cards, you understand. And yeah. then it just bounces back. <laughs> and then you can roll it the other way and it just bounces back. And if it gets sweaty, you can literally wash it. And I have played this game in a hot tub and swimming pool. I had the privilege of going to the London Strippers Collective show. <laughs> and... Back, back to the pool dancing. I went to... Um, yeah, in the hot tub and there was... A pool in like it was a really cold swimming pool. It's in a um, club, and so I don't think mm-hmm. they're that bothered about making it a really nice pool. It's kind of more for the novelty factor of saying, "Hey, 
here's a pool. Do not mean. <laughs> but, you know, it was just being able to play this game and I hope, basically, the only issue that anyone had beyond just, this isn't a game for me, this will never yeah. be a game for me. Anyone who was amenable to it, the only issue they had was a card quality. And honestly, I believe that this quality, this is like, yeah, just, I know it's a strange thing to rabbits on about, but <laughs> I'm really excited because this is basically the difference between what I was printing, which was like a thousand. And like I told you, their minimum thing was like 20,000 for this initial print run. So yeah, like when you do that, you can afford to have really nice plastic cards in a really yeah. fancy tin box, which is <laughs> literally shiny. It's not like, um, oh, damn, I've forgotten his name. And the guy who was saying that people were asking, oh, is it literally shiny? And he was saying, no, it's just really good. And, <laughs> you know, you had him on quite a while back. Um, can you not remember his name? I can't. Well, you're just as bad as me then. I am just as bad as you then. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's Yogi and... It's exactly the same as in a bind with one change card, but like I told you before, but I'm really excited by the card quality and I've got a final copy, I believe the only copy in the UK. And yeah, I'm just overjoyed with what they've done with it. It's really, really excited. So last thing. Or it looks like the last thing. Um Wibble Plus Plus. Yeah. No. Let's talk about Wibble Plus Plus. Because that's um, when's what's happening with Wibble Plus Plus at the moment. So it got released. Um, yeah. So some copies went to Estevium. Some copies uh. went to a few different shops, and yeah. basically all the shop, like about um, six different shops, that's a fault. Yeah, they really supported me within a bind when I was doing that myself. They bought a few uh-huh. copies of that. I reached out and I said, you know what? Here, have a pack of like four copies, you know. Here, have a couple to try and a couple to sell. So like at Settlers Ham- Hamilton, which is, I love Shaz and, you know, he's amazing. And, yeah. no, so I just gave him a few copies because he did, I feel like he did right by me. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's, I sent it out to a few different shops, like some, after I sent it out, then I emailed everyone, said, yeah, this is the new thing. Then a few people said, yeah, this sounds amazing. We'll give you money for it. We'll sell it in our shop, which is always nice. And then I did a wee event, you know, obviously for Besday, which we're getting into. And then like it was released on the 1st of August, as it should have been. And the website, which I was hoping to have for the 1st of August, I've got to admit, it's not quite where I wanted it to be yet. And it's got... um, So you can go there to Mm. stuffbybez.com slash wibble, W-I-B-B-E-L-L. And you'll see this website where it's kind of got... um, a bunch of different games and some of them are done some of them are not done and the idea being but it's very much a work in progress and over the next month 
I'm hoping that we'll get to a stage where there will be, ideally, um, yeah, by the end of the month, maybe 30 games, but they won't be finished. Because I wanted to raise a question with you. What is a finished mm-hmm. game? Richard Simpson, I ask you. A finished game? Yes. When is a game finished? Hmm. Because, like... Well, well, I mean, technically, I mean, if you're talking about... It depends what type of game you're talking about, but usually... I mean... <clears throat> I would say Love Letter's pretty finished. But as a well, game, as in, you've because, done everything... Because, I mean, Love Letter, you... they keep releasing new versions of it. And then they I keep adding new things. And then if they're yeah. planning on doing a new version of it, and then they new, do new graphics, could you not say that the previous versions were not quite finished? I suppose. Because it's... So it's... Basically, what's I'm yeah. kind of arguing, uh-huh. and this is kind of me being a bit more serious than I was with the pole dancing, just so you know. Um, <laughs> because I... Obviously, I'm I'm well aware that there's many differences between pole dancing and game design. For example, one requires more use of your body. It does. um, That, by the by, I do believe that, in a certain sense, a game that you are actively supporting is never finished. Because, take In a Bind. In a Bind became Yogi. And then I changed one card, they changed the graphics, and then it's not even come out, and there's already the question of, oh, actually, if that one word, if it's instead of saying left hand above elbow, if it says left hand above left elbow, would that be better? Would that be more clear? (laughs) Would that be too many uses of the word left? And, you know, we're not sure. But this is the kind of thing that we're actually discussing. And they've kept me in the loop with it, which is amazing. And then they said that. But um, the point being that even after printing, like, 20,000 copies, it's not finished. It's, um, and, you know, Monopoly, even after it's sold many millions of copies, they keep adding new rules and, or redoing the rules so on the website basically I'm not going to say any game is finished what it's going to be is initial idea which is going to be like the games where people have submitted it or have come up with it and it's a set of rules that could work but maybe it's not Mm -hmm. even been played but at least you I've read through it and it's like okay this could be played if you know what I mean Yeah. and then you've got the early design where Okay, you've played it a few times. It's like, okay, there's something here. Planning to carry on with it. But still, a lot of stuff could change. And then it gets through development. And then where the difference, in my mind, between design and development is in design, you're changing fundamental things about the game. Like, are you going to be um, playing in teams? Are you going to be playing on your own? Are you going to be scoring for making the highest numbers are you going to be scoring for making a set whereas when it gets into yeah. developments it's going to be like well is a set of five is that worth 10 points or is it worth 11 points and that's kind of the difference to me between design and development but yeah. then eventually you've play tested maybe i don't know how many times and it's like okay it's pretty much done 
it's like two numbers that two or three numbers maybe that need to be changed at that point it's late development and then everything is just going to stay in late development until best day potentially when one or two games will be like okay this is as done as it as a game can be and i'm yeah. really proud of this and then that's when like i told you i'll send it to be proofread i'll try and make the but at that point, it'll just be a case of me working on the rules sheets, if you sort of mean. And then yeah. it'll become a core game, as it were. And so that'll be kind of... One, it sits in late development. It's just a case of blind testing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, making sure the rules are easy to read. And if I'm proud enough of it, and I think it's one of the best ones, it's going to be a core game. But the idea is that like this time, like next year at... UK Games Expo or this time at Essen it's not going to be a case of oh what are the finished games for this because if you look at Bridge if you look at all the games for a traditional card deck yeah, they've never been finished like they're all living games they're all being played and as long as a game is being played people will make up their own rules people will change the rules it will never be done that's very 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 true but at a certain point it's just a case of saying, you know what, this is really good. It is one of my favourite games. It's the core game. And so, yeah, like just now, um, when are you going to put this online then? Is it going to be like a week or? Yeah, if we say about a week, yeah. So starting tomorrow, like which is going to be the 10th of August. I'm yeah. I'm committing to having um, one kind of... I'm going to be showcasing one new game in the Wibble++ group on Facebook every day until I can't. So hopefully it'll be like until the end of the month, Fish. That's pretty cool. And then... So a couple of them will be the kind of main ones that are in the box where it's like Wibble, which is a word game that everyone loves... But one wee thing, like, in the box, I talk about the round handicaps being a variant, and again, coming back to a game is never done. In retrospect, that should have just been, you know, this is the better way to play. If you want a simpler way to play, then play without them, but the basic way to play is the round variant. And then you've got um, Alphabetical, which, yeah, give it a chance. Play it the three rounds that you're meant to. Because mm-hmm. by the third round, I mean, so many games, if you, like, no thanks, if you just play one round of that, that's terrible. But it's once you've got the different cards in your hand, and once you've got the different variants, the asymmetry has started to develop with the money, then it's really interesting. And with Alphabetical, once you've got people with different numbers of points, I played it with Mike at Leisure Games, and yeah. I was on... 20 points he was on 19 and so he basically had to get to 11 and for whereas there was one person who was way behind and he didn't have to worry about what they had but still if he had a card that I wanted he could pass it on as long as the person to his left wanted that same card whereas if they didn't want that card he would have to potentially take it just to stop me having it and it's that kind of vindictive, targeted nature that makes yeah. Alphabetical a really good game as you get further along. 
And <laughs> um, you've got the other core games, the Fable, the storytelling game, the Phrasal, the um, like one about making part of the game about making up phrases. You've got yeah. the uh, Grabble, which is grabbing, and people again undersell it. Where it's yeah, there's not much to it. The rules sound terrible, but it's two minutes of unmitigated chaos as everyone is just trying to grab as many cards as they can. And yes, you need to be slightly careful, make sure each card matches a previous one, but it's basically about pure speed and adrenaline. And I can play, I could play that for like, it's a two minute game, I could play that for like half an hour and I have, I mean, I've played it for an hour, you know, in playtesting and still enjoyed it. And yeah, just to get the final tweaks out. And then you've got Dramatical, which I was trying today, which is kind of like charades, but you're trying to make longer words for your partner to act. So like the longer the word you make, the more points you get, but then the harder it is. So you've got to think, okay, we've only got two minutes. So given that we're trying to do as many words as we can, do we do like five four-letter words? Or do we do like a... Could we do like a couple of seven-letter words? Is that possible? And... Then you've got, like, Geographical, which is all about just the geography. And then just word building, there's all sorts of different things. There's, like, the new core... Anyways, I'm just rattling off games that nothing at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, like... But, um... There's, these are all going to be on... They're all going to be put through Facebook. A game, a day. They're going to be um, put on the website, which is mm-hmm. going to be the stuffbybez.com slash wibble. But, um... Commenting still isn't as great as I'd like it to be on the website. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, let's be honest, is a nice thing where people don't... A lot of people are already signed up to Facebook. And so if you look for the Wibble++ Facebook group, you'll yes. see it there. And I learned how to schedule posts recently. So All right, okay. I wasn't aware of this. You can get something to come up at like 10 minutes past 9 every morning even though I might be still fast asleep in my bed, being lazy, <laughs> potentially. But um, that okay. way, yeah, I can be like, yeah, okay, for the next 20 days, I've got something on the website, I'll link to it on the Facebook group, and I'll maybe talk about it a bit. Like one, a couple that Lewis Shaw, um, who I don't think you've had him on, Lewis from Brain Lewis has not been on yet. But um, too, too much to my utter dismay and our inability to um, organise specific times. Organise, synchronise. All these all these other words with icity and eyes in it. It's not going to happen. Oh. Um, but yeah. But we'll put this all in the show notes. But yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that it's in places and people have basically gotten it um I did another Kickstarter. I raised money for the website, which some people were very generous. They gave more than they needed to. And I ended up with basically about one and a half grand, which was purely to pay other people to do work that I'd rather not do myself, which is a very privileged situation to be in because I know, you know, yes, Jay Brady's like, and Nick... And 
I forgot her name, sorry. Alyssa. Alyssa, thank you. So, um, yeah, I understand our students and are new to things and they don't have very much money. But at the same time, there's three of them. And that has, that's quite nice. You kind of balance each other's deficiencies. But, you know, being in this situation where I really don't want to do web work. I told you about how much I hate programming. Yes, you did. And um, this thing that I'm able to now... It's not like I've got to spend all this money straight away. I'm basically going to spend this all over the next six months to a year to make mm-hmm. it the best website it can be. I've yeah put some money to David Brain, and he's done a fantastic job like so far and he's still working on it um, just he unfortunately had to go away for a few weeks holiday well he didn't All have right, to okay. but he, you know I'm not paying him <laughs> enough to say to him no you can't yeah. go on holiday you know yeah. I'm but um, yeah so after a while it'll be like okay um, let I'll have a crack at doing some graphics if I can't do the best possible thing. If it needs a better graphic designer, let's pay a few hundred pounds to get someone to do that. And then after, you know, we've left it for like January, then at that point it'll be like, okay, now we've had the commenting and it's been going as we want for a while. Like hopefully by September it'll be like, yeah, hopefully by sometime in September it'll be like funk all the functions I want will be there, if you know what I mean. And then by next year, it'll be like, okay, how are people using it? What do we need that I didn't even think about? And Mm -hmm. it's those kinds of things that I can't even think of right now. But ultimately, it's just going to be like this. Yeah, you go there, and it's like the key to unlocking this um, universe of games that are all housed within any one of these decks of cards. And with Wibble Plus yeah. Plus, yeah, it's like just buy one of these decks of cards and you've got so much potential. <laughs> What's happening with the Bez Day then? I mean, that is the last thing that you've got on the list. So Yeah. Um, so basically, it was fun. I Good. went to drafts. I did a wee thing on Monday evening. I mm-hmm. drew a bunch of things for people on Tuesday. Oh, mm-hmm. I have some. I have to actually draw a thing about being late for someone. And I thought I'd leave it late, kind of, because they wrote it late. And then I thought, okay, I'll be a bit, kind of, <laughs> you know, in theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I did a bunch of Twitter art requests. Some of them I was happy with. Um, then on Tuesday night, I went to Loading Bar. That's like thirty mm-hmm. something people, and a bunch of whom were there specifically for me. And it was amazing that, like, yeah, one guy was there, played Wibble Plus Plus, and then he came along to the weekly daytime playtest that we have, like this Wednesday. And he was saying, "Oh, I'm interested to see what else is out here and what you are working on," which was cool. really nice. And then, yeah, we, I showed everyone Yogi. We played through a bunch of Wibble++ games. People won prizes. There were like a bunch of people who got to choose one game each and then one grand prize winner who basically won everything I've ever released, which was like four decks. And then... That's pretty cool. On Wednesday, I went to 
leisure games for the day after. And yeah, it was just sitting there. It was really quiet. Like there, I was there from maybe three o'clock until or until maybe half eleven. And yeah, it was like maybe fifteen people over that course of time. But it just meant that some of them I was able to really, you know, get to know. And yeah, like these two girls came in about I don't know half nine. Or nine o'clock, and then I took them through, yeah, basically all the games, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, this is a really fun thing." Oh, what's that in a bind thing? So yeah, yeah, I'll show you that as well. Not, I don't mean to discount it. It's just like Wibble Plus Plus. It, I was feeling slightly annoyed because it's a bit harder to sell people on than in a bind because in a bind. You see people being silly, Simple, yeah. and it's yeah. immediately you know what it is. Whereas mm-hmm. Wibble Plus Plus, it does take a bit more time. But yeah, people mm-hmm. enjoyed it. People bought a copy because yeah, that was in a shop. And then yeah, the two girls that after they'd played all these games, they were like, "Oh, if you've ever got something that you want to play test, let us know." And I said, "Well, I've got a game that I'd like to try called Geographical, which is all about geography and place mm-hmm. names." And then we tried that. Um, they made some really good suggestions, and yeah, I made some changes. I played it again on the Saturday, then I played it again on the Monday, and it's yeah getting into better yeah. shape. And the point being that just now, yeah, oh, I'm rambling at this point. It's all about Wibble Plus <laughs> Plus, but yeah, it's kind of like my primary focus is Wibble Plus Plus. But best day because you asked about it. It was really good fun. I had fun. I believe that people who came for my things, they had a good time. And That's good. Yeah, there were beer mats, which I was really happy to get in time. And so, yeah, I just gave people random beer mats. Like, I know normally it's a bit more common to have coasters in your house. But people were saying they were really pretty. And, yeah, <laughs> people got stickers and stuff. And, yeah, I like the fact that... Um, I think for whilst I did drop the ball slightly on how where I wanted the website to be and everything, um, I feel like the sort of in-person party stuff it's in a way slightly yeah it's more important because let's be honest if I say go to a website oh no you need to go next week. That's not yeah. as big a deal as if I say, come here, oh no, it's not quite a good event. In one instance, you say, oh well, it's not going to change your life. But in, but ideally next year, I'm going to start in May. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it all, you know, top knot. You know, I'm going to get everything ready, like all my free gifts all my stickers, everything, you know, they'll all be on top form, like any website, prints and play stuff that's want to get done. My big lesson is to do things further in advance, essentially. As boring yeah. as that might be. It's the best way to do things. Yeah. So, if people want to keep an eye on you... And I hope they do. And where you are. So... <laughs> where can they find you? Where can they track you down? Um. So, I... 
was listening to the thing about how rambling I was, so I'm going to say specifically, go to Twitter. I'm at StuffByBez, which is S-T-U-F-F-B-Y-B-E-Z. I'm also on huh? Instagram, which is StuffByBez, S-T-U-F-F-B-Y-B-E-Z. I'm also okay. on the internet. I've got a website, which is still not good enough, but um, <laughs> it's getting better. It's StuffByBez.com. Also, you can... Um, Look for me on Facebook, where because Facebook mm. don't allow you to have the F and the B right next to each other, because I think yeah. Facebook worry that if you do that, you might be pretending to be Facebook or something. Yeah. I'm not sure, but anyway, so on Facebook, I am Things by Bez, like T-H-I-N-G-S-B-Y-B-Z. Okay. And so, yeah, and also obviously on the Facebook, I think you should look up the groups. If you're interested in Bladder. Or a game wherein you bladder Scottish word meaning so can't lend for the fast rate balance is really blah blah blah. Um, then there is a group for that. There is a group for cool. Wibble plus plus. There's also a group for in a bind yogi, but at that at this point, I'm not as fussed about them to be honest, because that's kind <laughs> of Jigamic doing it. So at this point, yeah. you know, it's kind of me going along for the ride. But yeah, just come yeah. along and check it out and have fun, and hopefully. Yeah, we'll have fun together and we'll have some good times. <laughs> In a totally non-creepy... That sounded really creepy it, when that I said that. That sounded quite... Yeah, it did sound a little bit kind of... I stepped away from actually from the mic when you started to talk like that. Um, no, you know, you know, seriously, it's, fine. it's all about having fine. fun. It is all about having fun. Now, if you want to continue to have fun and keep an eye on what we're doing, um, you can go to... Go and search We're Not Wizards. We're on Twitter, We're Not Wizards. We are on Facebook at We're Not Wizards. We're on Instagram at We're Not Wizards. We are on YouTube if you search for We're Not Wizards Tabletop. Um, we are... Are we trying to put our episodes on to YouTube as soon as we can? Podbean, usually put them on automatically because they are fantastic. If you have listened tonight, um, remember that you can rate and review us on the podcast catcher that you get your podcasts on a 10 would if make your you, head inflate no I've not even got that far yet and a 1 would make if, you cry <laughs> and if as Bez says if you go to Apple Podcasts and uh, you decide you want to subscribe subscribe please because that's always good that seems to get us up the charts but as Bez rightly said with her usual gusto <laughs> that if you don't give us a 10 because that'll make us big headed and don't give us a 1 because that will make us cry. Give us a 5. Somewhere in the middle. That's, that's somewhere in the middle is average because <laughs> we are decidedly uh. average. <laughs> but, um. Ah, uh, you guys. There's only, I mean, listen, best. thank you very, very much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. It's always chaos. It's always mayhem, but it's always fabulous and wonderful. Like your good self. Um, it has been an absolute really, delight. It always has. There are only two things to do. The first one is to remember that we are many things, but not we're not wizards. wizards. <laughs> are we wizards, Bez? Are we wizards? No. No. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye 
from the rather magnificent, <laughs> the rather flamboyant, the the lady with all the words on the cards on the table, with her little kitty, and <laughs> and her yogi, and her potential hunter's pie, uh, the pole dancing, monopoly, t- <laughs> monopoly talking, absolute machine that is known as Bez. Say good night, Bez. Good night, everyone. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Get on stuff by Bez. It's not just a game, it's an experience. Believe me, I have experienced it <laughs> tonight. <laughs> but until the next time, um, have a wonderful day, wherever you may be. And uh, goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh.